And people should be really skeptical. You know, don't listen to me. Listen to the science. Don't listen to there's no. You know, don't listen to any gurus. Right? Always get stick to science. What's up, guys? It's been a little while. Uh, I totally missed an episode last week. I was in California for a cycling trip. I went out to the Sagan Fondo and pretty much met and rode with my favorite cyclist ever. I don't know how many of you guys are cyclists out there, but Peter Sagan is a pretty big deal in the world of cycling. You guys can check out the full vlog of my little trip to California on my YouTube channel. Also, have you subscribed to my YouTube channel? I don't just post interviews and podcast episodes. I do post vlogs from trips that I take and just regular real life everyday type of stuff. I also post different topic type of videos, nutrition videos. So definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bananiac. It's totally free. I also want to talk a little bit about FitBod. For those longtime listeners, you guys out there know about FitBod by now. It's a fitness app basically a weightlifting app, which you use in the gym. You can put in the amount of weights that you lift per session, but it's much more than that, actually. You can also customize your workouts based on the input you give it. You can tell it what equipment's available to you, your fitness level. You can tell it about the type of workouts that you want to do, upper body, lower body, and it'll generate custom workouts for you. And throughout time, it'll take into consideration fatigue. So let's say one day you do upper body. You have a really tough day in the gym working out your upper body. The next day is not going to generate an upper body workout for you. It'll go to legs. One of my favorite things, because I am a cyclist, I've connected FitBod to my Strava account, which I use for cycling. And it'll know from the activity on Strava that I had a leg day because I was riding my bike. So it'll give me an upper body workout. I just think it's super smart. It's so convenient and it's pretty cheap compared to gym memberships or coaches or any of that stuff. I think it's worth it. Give it a try. There is a free trial that you guys can use if you go to app.fitbod.me, app.fitbod.me, and you guys can check out the free trial. Also, you can get 25% off if you use the discount code BANANIAC, B-A-N-A-N-I-A-C. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at BANANIAC. Maybe send me a screenshot of your workout. Love to check it out. Today's episode is from back when I had the opportunity to go to the International Conference on Nutrition and Medicine hosted by PCRM. There, I got to meet a lot of awesome people, a lot of great physicians, had the chance to sit down with a few of them, one of them being the great Michael Greger. Many of you guys probably know Dr. Greger from his website, nutritionfacts.org. He is also the author of How Not to Die and, spoiler alert, He is coming out with a new book called How Not to Diet. (laughs) I know, right? What an awesome marketing strategy. I I love that name because it's so simple and it's right to the point. 
How Not to Die, How Not to Diet. Awesome titles. Dr. Gregor, you're killing it, man. Anyway, sit down with Dr. Gregor. We talked about a lot of great topics. We talked about fasting, plant-based nutrition, some of the studies that stick out to him. We talked about nutrient differences from plants versus animal products. I think it's a really great conversation, and obviously the man knows what he's talking about. So here it is, episode 16 with Dr. Michael Greger. So I got to say, first of all, you are really tall in person. How tall are you? Six foot. My dad's six four, so I was uh, always wanting to beat the old man. So I feel like I'm not very tall at all, but... Uh. Uh, Well, I think I beat Tom Cruise, so that's good enough, right? All right. So um, I'm here with Dr. Michael Greger from nutritionfacts.org. We are at the PCRM conference. Thank you so much for your time. Sure. I'm so excited about this conference. Anyone who's listened to this who didn't come, make sure you go next year. That's right. And I think last time we talked was back in 2013. We did like a Skype uh, call. You had your beard back then? No beard anymore. Especially got summertime. I don't know how I did it. And you were bobbing your head back and forth. And I was like, what is he doing? But I think you were on a Cocaine. treadmill. That's what, no. It was, <laughs> right, it was treadmill, yeah. Right. All right, cool. Well, I got some um, questions for you. My first one is, you go through so many studies every year. What are some of your favorite studies that kind of stick out to you that you would recommend people to really look at if they're interested in the power of plant-based nutrition? Every single study that I love goes right up into a video on nutritionfacts.org. I mean, there's no stu- – I mean, it's rare that a study – you know, that a good study won't make it into a video. And right. every single video has – click on the sources cited. Um, there's the, the citations. They're hyperlinked. You can click and download the, you know, PDF, read the whole thing yourself, make sure I didn't take anything out of context or anything. But that, I mean, it's critical that, you know, anytime someone said, look, if it's, you know, you're buying a toaster or something online, mm-hmm. then, you know, some random opinion of some stranger might make a difference to you. It's right. like, oh, you, know, the, you like the red one? Fine. Okay. But when it comes to the health and well-being of your family, like literally life or death choices, then like, what someone told you at the gym to eat or what's, you know, some checkout line magazine or something. It's like if there's ever anything in life to make a decision based on evidence, right? I mean, it should be your health and well-being of your family, right? And so when someone says, eat this, don't eat that, so what, what are you saying? Why do you say Like obviously you weren't born with that knowledge. So where did you come across that? And you have no idea. Is that just some like weird anecdote thing? Do they think Martians told them that, or, or do they they or do they have evidence to back that up? And even if they do have evidence, is that the best available balance of evidence? Is mm-hmm. that some outlier? Is that some you know study funded by the the gizmo industry that tells you to eat gizmos? I mean, um, and so you know you always have to not just cite the science. Show me the science. I mean, that's why I started doing MrFacts.org. So you want to know what my favorite articles are? They're all there. Um, I mean, although sometimes there's an article, it's a great article, but I just can't. So I want all my videos to be, uh, you know, interesting, groundbreaking, and practical. And so sometimes, you know, there's some, like, there's some great new study on broccoli. It's like, I've been there, done that. It's just not, I mean, it's not groundbreaking, right? So right. that, so it might be a great study on broccoli that never sees the light of day. Or there's a study that, you know, is, uh, you know, is, is groundbreaking, but it's just like, 
and it's interesting, but it's like about some like wild berry that grows in Siberia or something, not available commercially. Like, who cares if some like some crazy whortleberries growing somewhere has good because you can't. It's not practical, right? And then, but probably the biggest gap is there's some things that are that are practical. Intra or practical groundbreaking, but I have some, I just can't make them into it. Like, it's just like, it would just be a boring video. I can't think of a hook. Right. I can't think of humor. I can't think. And that's just a failing on my part. So it's really sad. I hate to see those articles go because well, like, people gotta, really need to know this stuff. <clears throat> but if I can't make these videos watchable, interesting, no one's going to see them. Well, the thing is, you got to use your time as wisely as mm. possible. So you probably cover the most urgent and the most important articles of course, there's so much information out there, you know, but you got to do your best to get the most important information out there. And, um, yeah, I totally agree with like reviews for like toasters and things like that can be handy, like especially with what Amazon's doing now. But when it comes to the health, you have to look for credibility. You have to go to the right people. Oh, no. So I disagree. See, I think credibility is a terrible way to, right? Because credibility, I mean, that's, that's, uh, there's actually a, a fallacy, right? It's kind of like that, uh, authority fallacy, something like that, where it's just like someone says it and you believe it just because of who they are. It's just like, oh, wait a second, right? There, look, Dr. Atkins, you know, Atkins, that guy, he was a cardiologist. You want credibility? He is a heart doctor and he says he bacon and butter. So obviously, based on credibility, based right. on authority, right? No, it's be based, show me the science, right? right. Um, and, uh, you know, and obviously you couldn't. Right, right. Um, let me get into a um, an interesting topic. So, the bioavailability of plants is often considered inferior to um, animal products. Like, for example, when you're thinking of iron, people usually recommend heme iron over non-heme iron, mm. heme iron being in meat and non-heme in uh, plants. Um, can you just kind of talk about the bioavailability of plants and the notion that they're inferior to the animal-based products? Well, so in some cases, that's actually beneficial. So heat, iron is a good story. So, I mean, the reason why non-heme iron sources of iron are preferable is because there's actually iron is double-edged sword. And there's iron overload diseases like hemochromatosis. Also, it's a pro-oxidant. Iron acts as a pro-oxidant um, associated with increased risk of Alzheimer's and cancer and diabetes and all sorts of other bad stuff. So you don't have too much iron. I mean, you want to have just enough. Um, that you're not anemic. Obviously, you need iron to build your blood cells. Um, uh, but I, kind of an ideal um, would be to have low iron stores, but not so, so low that your hemoglobin takes a hit. Um, and so that's kind of the, the the kind of the sweet spot. And the way we get there is by choosing non-heme sources because our body's very good about regulating non-heme sources of iron. So if you're low in iron. Right? then your body actually boosts its absorption. At the level of the intestinal uh, wall, there's these, these iron receptors that will boost. And then when you have too much iron, it down-regulates. You don't get too much iron. Right. Right? Um, but it can't do that as effectively with heme iron. Heme iron just kind of goes through the, through the intestinal wall, whether we have high iron, low iron. So our body isn't as good as regulating it. So having something that's potentially toxic at high doses, being good availability, by availability is not necessarily a good thing. Right. Your body's smart. 
If you have lots of calcium, it'll downregulate your calcium absorption. If you have low calcium, it upgrades your calcium absorption. And our body, if you thought about it, like, I mean, we evolved for millions of years without nutrient tables, without the, being able to look up something on the computer. I mean, it's like our body's smart enough to, uh, to make a lot of the kind of calculations on themselves. I mean, look, you know, like, so bioavailability, how about of calories? Bioavailability of calories are lower in plant foods, right? Because mm -hmm. plant foods, calories are stuck, whole plant foods, they're stuck inside cell walls, right? Cell walls are only found in plants, right? We have bones to hold ourselves up. Plants have fiber to hold themselves up. Cell walls are indigestible. We don't, they're made out of cellulose. We can't digest cellulose. Our good back gut bacteria can. And so we eat whole plant foods. We have this wonderful... Uh, these all these probiotics to to feed our, our good gut flora, but um, a lot of those calories just make it all the way through us. Um, and so you know we make these calculations like, well, like almonds theoretically have this many calories, but if you actually have find how many calories are actually not flushed down the toilet, it's actually significantly low, about twenty percent lower. Right, that's a lot of, and yeah. so it's actually good that there's less bioavailability. Right, and so. Um, I mean, so I mean, if you think about our leading cause of death and disability, are we dying from deficiency diseases or diseases of dietary excess? So, when's the last time you heard of someone dying quashiorcor or pellagra or beriberi or scurvy? Versus, have you ever heard of anyone dying from heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure? Like are these? I mean, it's like, right. what are we? Right? I mean, so, so. I mean, so we want to, so most of the stuff people are eating, we want less absorption. We want poor donut bioavailability. <laughs> like that would be the ideal, right? That we don't sense. want to absorb that stuff into our body. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, actually the bioavailability of refined carbs like, you know, white flour, white rice is really high. And that's bad. High glycemic index, it gets absorbed super quickly. Um, supranaturally quickly, meaning our bodies just weren't designed to handle it. How about when it comes to protein? Um, you often hear that uh, plant protein's um, incomplete. It doesn't have all the essential amino acids it's that we true. need. It's just not true. I mean, it's just simply not true. Anyone says, they say, oh, I'm sorry, what amino acid is, is not there? What essential amino acid? There's only one food in the diet that's actually an incomplete protein. It's an animal protein. It's called gelatin. Um, gelatin doesn't, there's a, you could not live off of gelatin, but you would actually become protein deficient because it's actually missing essential amino acid. But all plant foods have all, in fact, that's where essential amino acids come from. The only reason that a steak has essential amino acids, they're essential, meaning you can't make them, the cow can't make them, the cow got them from plants. Right. All essential amino acids come from the earth. And so we can kind of cut out the middle cow, right, go straight to, Get it from the source. All right. essential amino acids come from plants and micro and microorganisms. Um, they don't come from animals. That by definition, they're, they're, we can't make them. They, these animals can't make them. Plants can make them, right. though, and we can get all we need. And they just come in different ratios, but they're all there. Because they right. say combine rice and beans, for example, and that's a complete right. Right. That, right. Meal. That was that was actually started in Vogue <laughs> magazine. There was an article. I, Talk about, I have a video about it. There's this article from Frances Moore LeBay. She wrote in Vogue magazine in the 1970s that this, this is now known as the protein myth, um, that we need to combine, you know, to, because yes, they all have all their essential amino acids, but some are low in lysine, some are low in, so you complement, you eat rice beans, you, you know. Um, and this is just simply, I mean, we now know this is simply not true. In fact, it wasn't even true at the time, and 
poor Francis Moore Pace since he apologized and um, feels really bad about it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just so, so basically your body does it for you. So, you know, one day you eat something with high lysine. Um, and then the next day you eat something that with a low lysine, like your body, you're basically sloughing off about 90 grams of protein every day just from your digestive tract and secretions. So there's all these amino acids that can mix and match with whatever you eat. Oh, you ate something low with lysine? You ate something high in lysine last week. Well, you just buy that way and boom. Right. And just, I mean, our body does it for us. Um, and so, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, what do you know about intermittent fasting? Because that's a common question that I get often as a nutritionist is, do you recommend it? Should people do it? Yeah, so um, in my uh, in my next book, we have December 2019, I'll have a whole chapter on intermittent fasting, also a chapter on water-only fasting. And, you know, and so there's lots of ways to do it. So intermittent fasting is kind of a broad topic. There's kind of like the 5-2 or alternate day fasting or this, the kind of – um, uh, the kind of 525, uh, the, uh, kind of, uh, fasting mimicking diet. Um, and, uh, and the question is, are there, um, benefits even without caloric restriction from, um, uh, you know, kind of once in a while kind of giving your body that stress of a certain amount of period, whether it's 16 hours or 24 hours or longer, um, whether that has, um, health benefits and that's something that i'm deep in 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 uh, in the weeds on right now i'm looking forward to doing lots of videos about it um i've been seeing a increase in interest in vegan ketogenic diets and yeah. a lot of people are really interested in them i was wondering if i could have your take on them if you think they're healthier or... i mean it's just ridiculous it's crazy it's like the anti-diet, right? I mean, it's just like, right? Right. It's just like... I mean, to me, it doesn't make any sense because, like, well, what are you eating? Are you eating lots of oils that would make it ketogenic? You know, I'm just wondering. So it's like, I mean, if there's one thing that... If there's, like, the most uncontroversial thing in all of nutrition science is eat more fruits and vegetables, right? I mean, like, right. like nobody disagrees. I mean, nobody... Yep. Okay, and like that's the first thing. So yeah, I mean, don't eat, don't eat fruit. So global burden disease study, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the largest study of disease risk factors in the world, found the number estimated the number one dietary risk factor for death on the planet Earth was what you think? Well, what soda, processed meat? No, inadequate fruit consumption. Not eating enough fruit kills more people than anything else we're doing on our diet on right. the planet Earth. Right. Right. And I think number two is sodium. But I mean, inadequate. Like, mm -hmm. come on. Yeah. And so. Any diet that says eat less fruit, you're like you flag. need a you need a mountain of evidence to, to 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 convince me, right? And they don't have any. I mean the I mean so the studies so if you actually look at, I mean beyond um intractable in some cases of intractable pediatric epilepsy, but even like the what about brain tumors? Even the brain tumor data is terrible. Like these people, the things that they hold up, like look, and even if it works for brain tumors, so does chemotherapy. Should we eat chemotherapy shakes every day? Like it makes no sense. Let right? me ask you because Lee Crosby, um, a former uh, classmate of mine, we were talking about ketogenic diets being helpful for people with epilepsy and seizures. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe a vegan ketogenic diet could be used for that? Or do you feel oh, like well, there's so, other ways? So there's some real, so um, about 30% of cases, I mean, depending on what the cause of seizures are in these pediatric epilepsy cases, 
are uh, are basically drug resistant. Um, and so what do you do in those cases? So usually ketogenic diet is kind of second or third line, third, fourth okay. line treatment. Um, but and the reason is because these poor kids suffer all the things you would expect, bone fractures, um, growth stunting, um, kidney stones, constipation, like all the standard stuff. Um, and of course, their lipids go crazy. Um, and so it's like, yeah, but it's better than seizing all day, right? I mean, so, right, it's all cost versus benefits. Yeah. So tremendous downsides. But look, if that's all you got, look, we give people electroshock therapy. And for some cases, suicidal depression can actually do more more benefit, than, right? So it's actually a good, but it, do you want to just like, get, you know, shock? I mean, but it doesn't make sense, right? So chemotherapy can be useful for people with a certain types of cancer. But you just don't want to inject yourself with chemotherapy for the hell of it. Like, it, right. we're, I mean, you can't. It doesn't even make sense, even if it worked for cancer or worked for, like, that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that it's a healthy thing to do. Right. Are you saying something that works for disease is good for you? Why aren't you taking antibiotics all day long? Why are you taking like it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, doesn't even make logic. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's really. I mean. Anyway, there's really, I mean, uh, uh, there's really interesting stuff that happens during mortal fasting with ketosis and um, could help with, uh, you know, decreasing hunger and things. I mean, there's some legitimate research questions out there. But um, like disease reversal, like is there a case of ketogenic diets reversing heart disease, right? Until there is, I mean, come on. I mean, plant-based diets just went right. hands down. I mean, people are literally dying. Well, let me ask you something. This is the extreme case. Mm -hmm. So there's a medical doctor by the name Sean Baker. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of him? Mm -hmm. No, um, he eats an all carnivorous meat diet. Okay. Um, and he's put up his blood work. I've seen that diet of scurvy. Raw meat? That's what I'm saying. Meat. Right. He eats yeah. raw meat. I mean, because raw meat is vitamin C. And um, he, he put up his blood work. Right, yeah. right. He put up his blood work and he had high glucose levels. His LDL was really high. Um, but what do you think of diets like that like he's just claiming that people should be eating a carnivorous diet well i mean he's putting himself at risk and he's and what's worse is i mean look if he wants he can do it look he wants to smoke there are people who smoke cigarettes right he wants to smoke cigarettes fine but telling people smoking cigarettes is healthy for them that's where i draw the line right um and so i mean you know it's just it, so it's 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 irresponsible in a i mean so like there's people out there saying the world's flat fine you want to say the world's flat Right. Fine. Okay. But that's not going to kill anybody. You believe that. You don't believe that. You convince other people of it. No one's going to die. Yeah, sure. right? right. But this is the same level of craziness, but with like real life consequences. Right. I mean, the people could actually get hurt if they follow some of this advice. Um, and that, and it's just like, that's on your conscience. Right. And so you have to be really careful. When you make those kind of recommendations and people should be really skeptical, you know, don't listen to me, listen to the science, don't listen to it. There's no, you know, don't listen to any gurus, right? Always get stick to the science. Well, that's demand that, the science. That's what I love about you and your work is you just always cover the articles themselves. You don't put your opinion into it. I try not to. Sometimes it slips in, but right. <laughs> I do my best. Awesome. Where can people find you, Dr. Gurney? So you can go to nutritionfacts.org and, uh, and see all my work for free. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of This Is Bananas. To learn more about this episode, check out the show notes 
over at bananiac.com. That's B-A-N-A-N-I-A-C.com. If you're looking for easy and nutritious plant-based recipes to make at home, you can download my ebook, Bananiac Simple Vegan Recipes, from my website as well. It includes 25 of my favorite whole food plant-based recipes that I make and eat every day and will hopefully help you eat more whole plant-based meals as well. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please rate it wherever you're listening to it. Share this episode with someone who could benefit from it. Leave a comment with your thoughts and subscribe to This Is Bananas as well as my YouTube channel, Bananiac, which you can find at youtube.com slash Bananiac. This helps me become more discoverable and ultimately reach more people with my work. If you'd like to donate, please visit patreon.com slash Bananiac. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and supporting the one man band that I am. Until next time, everyone, take care of yourself, spread the word, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.